this is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith, and this is what's on the show this week. I'm joined by Lee halfback Ben Reynolds. He discusses his career, and he also tells me why he shouldn't write off the Centurions for immediate return to Super League. It's all on Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. So let's get into it. Ben Reynolds, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries, mate. So you returned to Lee uh, in 2021, but you, you've you've been there like three times now. Some people say, you know, don't go back to where you've been before, but you, you can't ke- keep away from Lee, can you? No, yeah, it's because um, I think I just enjoy my rugby most there. Yeah. Um, well, for a couple of times, I needed a fresh start uh, and a new challenge, but. You know, the door's always been open back at Lee and I enjoy my rugby most there and I feel, feel like I play my best there, so that's why I always go to Mark yeah, I'll happily stay there for the rest of my career, I think. Um, I don't know how long I've got left, but, you know, in the game, sorry. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and before then, you was you moved to Toulouse, but it didn't quite work out. Uh, what happened? Well, yeah, just, uh, just a couple of personal reasons, really. I know a few people out there... Um, their own opinions on why I came back and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just come back for just personal reasons, really. And then Lee gave me an opportunity to come back, and they were in Super League at the time, so it'd have been silly, silly to turn it down. Yeah, and like you know, you mentioned your injury. When you're going through that, do you think? Do you get nervous and think, what if I return and I'm not as good as I am, or if this injury hampers me in any way? Yeah, definitely. It was the first major injury I've really had. Um, I was 27 at the time, so it's been a long time I've been playing, not really had a major injury. So I was worried and there was some dark some dark days, really. But luckily, I had my family around me and I had the, uh, my teammates around me to help me through it. And once you first get over that initial shock of how long you're not going to play for, and you can focus on your rehab after your operation and you know what, uh, like the the end's in light and you, and you can see the end of the tunnel and you know you're going to play. It's just about getting right and um, getting in the right mind frame, um, you know what I mean, and then and you're ready to go. Yeah, and I'm assuming when you do that, you can't exactly keep fit because obviously you've got a big injury. Is, is that the case? Yeah, it was tough. With that, I, I was in a straight leg brace for, for three weeks, so I literally didn't move off the sofa for yeah. weeks and Imagine how bad you feel after yeah. that, especially, especially in your mind. And then, yeah, there's literally no finish you can do until you until your wound's healed because you're not allowed to sweat or anything like that. So, right. It's a long road back after it, but like I say, help of physios and medical team and your family and your your teammates, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, because obviously you're used to just going in in the gym or whatever and training every day of them playing a match and that must have been a big shock from going to that to then watching like this morning on the tv or whatever for yeah it's uh, makes you realize how much you take it for granted yeah. it's a uh, good life because like you say you get up and go to the gym every day and run around with your mates and throw a ball around and yeah you get a major injury it hits you pretty hard and it, it's tough yeah yeah, especially when Lee was struggling as well uh, last year and you, you couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. Well, yeah. I to help, you know what I mean? We were short of players as well and 
not being able to at, le- at least try and help you out. It was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah, and in terms of that, then when a team's losing or whatever, people, some people say, well, uh, the coach can only do so much because the player's on the field. Or, you know, people say, well, he's doing the tactics. Where where do you stand? You know, how much impact does a coach actually have on a team? It's collective, I think. Um, I know, like, fans or people looking in from the outside, they like to have an opinion, but it's a collective thing. Like, a coach can only give you so much to do. It's to a player then to, to do what he's telling you to do. Yeah. And then... Sometimes if that doesn't work, the coach might change what he wants to do and some, play, some players can't adapt, adapt to doing that. Um, but like I say, it's collective. You've got to be able, be able to perform on the field what you're practising and training. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe that doesn't happen or things change in the process. Players come in and out and it's harder to adapt to that. Yeah, and obviously you've got Adrian Lamb in this year. Um, what's it like uh, playing under him? Yeah, he's brilliant. Man, obviously, he was a he was a great player, and um, he's had a lot of experience in the game. Um, he's coached at the highest level. Um, yeah, I think it was a big coup for us to get him in there. And obviously, being a half by myself, I've learned a lot from him. And um, obviously, I think we're going from strength to strength and um, getting better each week. Yeah, uh, and Chris Chester's also involved in it, in there as well as head of rugby. Um, do, does he actually get involved in the training ground, you know, in, with the coaching, or is that left to Adrian um, Lamb? Yeah, Adrian and um, Tony Clubber do all that. Trezzy's in and around, in and around the place. We see him around, and he's trying to get the players in for us to get some more numbers and add to the squad. Really, um, he's not too too much on the coaching side, of right? And obviously, it's a relatively new team because you've had you've had to overhaul quite a few. Quite a few have left. Uh, and you've struggled early on with, against Featherstone, admittedly, the, the the team to beat, I suppose. Is it hard to sort of, you know, hit the ground running when you've got all these new players and a new coach and, you know, things to work on? Yeah, obviously it's tough in that aspect that we've not played together. Um, we've only had, well, we've played four games now, including a friendly. Um, so, so combinations and things like that, they're going to take a while to, to click into place, especially this early on. When the weather's not great and we, it's not much ball play, but it's it's a forwards game at the minute. Um, but I think for the time we've been together, it's probably the closest knit group on and off the field I've I've been involved in in such a, a, a short space of time. Um, but I just think the longer the season goes on, the better we'll get, and uh, hopefully we can we can obviously play Ferguson again twice more in the league, and hopefully we can get a few results. Yeah. Um, so. Obviously, the owners spent quite a bit of money to try and get back into Super League. He seems to, he always backs the league, um, but there's obviously loads of pressure not just on you, but the of, of the other players, the coach as well. How do you deal with the pressure of that? I think it's just part and parcel of being a sportsman. Um, you know that sport is a results business, um, so you have to get results, um, and you know what. You're not going to win every game. I don't like sometimes teams do, but you're not going to win every game. It's how you deal with those losses and how you make things right and how you learn from those things for the future. Um, I wouldn't say that we're under enormous amount of pressure. We just we just want to do our best, and 
uh, I know our owner and our coaches hold back as, as long as they know we're doing our best. Yeah. And before the season started, it were 50-50 pretty much with Lee and Featherstone, who's going to go up. Are you going to beat Featherstone? Can you get back into Super League? I believe so. Um, people say the game came too soon for us, but I feel like it was a lesson for us in round yeah. two. And no one gets promoted in round two. Um, it's a long season. Um, anything can happen. And you know what? There's a, there's more good teams in this in this competition that could turn us both over. Yeah. So I feel like it's a very competitive league this year. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't throw all mags in one basket and say we'll get promoted, Feverson get promoted. Like there's there's a few teams in there that that's going to be competing. Um, yeah, and we're ready for a challenge. And scrums have returned as well. Um, what what do you think about that? Is that good for you or? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. It's uh, especially now you can choose where you have the scrum. Um, I feel like it's a big benefit for attacking play. It's a lot harder to defend, so I feel like it promotes a bit more attacking play for for both teams. So yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. And the new rules in terms of high shots and whatnot, we've seen quite a few yellows and red cards. Do you think that's going to have an impact on you know the the players who play on the edge, you know, who really go at it and go in hard? Are they going to have to adapt the style? I've, I've, as Adrian Lamb said, we might have to sort of, you know, change the way we're going into tackles or anything like that. I feel like no one goes into a tackle to hit someone yeah. on the head. You know, um, I know there's occasions where people are doing trying to cut down on concussions and head injuries and all this kind of stuff. I'm, I feel like it's a good thing, but sometimes I know it's just a bit clumsy and a bit lazy. But if it's causing injuries to players. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a good thing for for the players and for the game, but we haven't really changed how how we defend or anything like that. It's just about being smart and those clumsy, lazy challenges. They need to be just smarter and uh, you know what I mean, like more more focus is going through that. Yeah. Uh, so some people would say, you know, what motivates you to go out, get battered every week, whatever? You might get concussion. You've obviously had injuries. You know, people say you're mad. Like, why do you do it? I just love the game. I love, I love being in a team, the, the camaraderie of being around players and being around it since I was 17, like full-time, full-time environment and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I know the career doesn't last forever, so, you know, 10, 15 years, you, you don't get to play professional rugby anymore. And yeah. It's not very long at all, so I just enjoy every single minute of being around all the lads and uh, playing rugby with my mates, yeah. Yeah. And what your first club, professional club, was Castleford Tigers, um, but you didn't really find a first team spot. You you was out on loan a few times. Was that frustrating? You know, having to go out on loan. No, at the time I was only first when I was seventeen or eighteen, and I and I went to York, and yeah. it was the best experience I I had. I could have had it at that age. They were they were in League One at the time, but I was playing every week. I was playing against men, it was a big challenge and I loved every single minute of it. And then I came back to Casford and ended up playing four Super League games. And then I went on loan to Lee for a year and that was a that was a big eye-opener because that was a championship, which was a, was a good level. Um, and I'd, I played a handful of games and then I kicked on after that when I signed there full-time. But yeah, going on loan as a kid was, obviously I wanted to play Super League, yeah. but at the time, great players there and I was just, trying to learn it every single week, training with them and then taking it into my game on yeah. York. 
and you, you went back to Lee as well uh, for the second time, but then you moved on to Wakefield, didn't you? Um, again, you, you didn't really make many appearances. What was your um, experience like with Wakefield? Yeah, it was good. I was, but I went there and I was with two halfbacks there, Danny Brough and Jacob Miller, and absolutely great servants of, of Super League and great players as well. So I just tried to learn as much as I could while I was there, and then I played. I think I played about ten games. Um, I didn't play great. I wasn't. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't fit really in there or or what. But I weren't. I weren't playing my best rugby. And um, yeah, it was just. I just felt like it wasn't maybe the right time or the right place for me. And then that was since I returned back to Lee after that. Got some more games there. Yeah, and um, so over the years, like you must have played in. You've obviously played in loads of different squads and different with different teammates, but. Have you ever had like a teammate that you just don't get on with? Like, no, not really. Sometimes there's players in squads that you get on with more than you yeah. get on with other. But that's just I don't know. Just uh, same same in any job. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You talk to more people at work or whatever. But I never I've never had a player that I don't, that I don't get, get get on with at all. Yeah. So going into seasons, do you like have? targets that you set yourself or anything like that yeah I, I always have goals for myself and it's so be the best in my position in, in the league I know it's hard but when you're in Super League um, all those top players but in Championship it's also tough I just want to be the best and I, I just want to be the best version of myself and then obviously they have a, we have an end goal as a, as a team and it's to be where we want to be and we want to be back in Super League yeah what what so what would you say your strengths and weaknesses are as a player? <laughs> um, I feel like a strength. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a halfback who likes to get stuck in a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I like to defend, and, and the weaknesses I can probably read a game a little bit better. Um, game management a little bit more. I feel like I've got a little bit better over the last couple of years. But I think that's with age, learning more about the game every time you play. Um, obviously, new co- coaches teach new things, and that's a big thing. Me having a bit of game management, um, a little bit better, and certain points in games, finishing sets better, that kind of thing. Yeah, and growing up, then, like, what was like the best bit of advice from the coaches that you got? You know, to improve your game. Best bit of advice is be yourself. Yeah. Don't worry about things that anybody else says to. You. From the outside, from the inside, whatever you do, what you know you got to do, just be yourself. Yeah, and you might have seen in the, in recent days, uh, one of your former teammates, uh, Ollie Wilkes, admitted uh, <laughs> to using performance-enhancing drugs. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Is that something that shocks you to hear that? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to make yeah. comment on it. Um, yeah, I don't really want to be. All right. It is, it is what it is. Like, people can say whatever they want. Yeah. People have their own opinions on it. I don't. That's something that doesn't affect me, and it, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't affect my career or anything like that. So. Yeah. Do you think there is a problem, though, in the sport? Because other former players have said, I don't recognise this at all. You know, I there's nothing, there's not a problem. So, you know, who's right and who's wrong? Yeah, I don't believe so. I suppose it's just a matter of opinion, and yeah. some people know things that other people don't know. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that. It's, it's, yeah, 
were you sort of like thought, taken aback like why has he come out and said this like yeah I don't I just don't I don't understand it I just don't wouldn't affect me yeah wouldn't affect my teammates the people that I know so yeah, I don't know where it goes. <laughs> right, serious questions over anyway. Um, so, uh, people have probably um, sort of writingly off a bit, you know, with how Featherstone are doing early on. Uh, why, why should we back Lee then? Well, I think the people that know us and know the club, they will they'll still back us anyway. Um, like I said to you, that result came in round two. And no, and no, no championships are won in rounds. Um, it's a long, long season. When we play over thirty games, don't we? So it's a long season. Anything can happen in that time, and I just believe that we're only going to get better. Yeah. Um, that second game, we didn't show. I don't know. We showed fifty percent of ourselves. Maybe not even that. And we were very, very disappointed in, in what we dished up that day. Um, we're just about improving every week, and it. And if we can go five percent, ten percent more each week. Picking up wins, picking up performances, then uh, yeah, there or thereabouts. Yeah, it's so risky though in the championship. You know, there's so many factors including because basically it, you can. There's so you know there's so many games, but only one counts right at the end. So you can you can be off it for most of the season, but you might hit the form just at the end, and maybe Featherstone might have an injury crisis just before before the grand final. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people say about about rugby league and how how you, you could go and beat an all season, win the league, and then get to the million pound game and lose it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It literally on, only one game matters. I know you, you have to win, you know, a lot of games to get there. But we could finish third in the league and still get promoted. Yeah, you know, it's about people say the business end of the season, but that's when it actually matters. But like I said, we just keep building all year and hopefully get better and better, and then. Fingers crossed we get to that million pound game, we can do it. We can do the business. I, th- I think many were shocked when London went up beating Toronto. Exactly, yeah. things like that. Anything can happen, can't it, in that game? Yeah. So it's a one-off game and sometimes people don't know how to play those games, so we've been involved in a couple now. Well, I have, well, I've been at Lee. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. No worries, mate. All thanks right. for having me on. Yeah, that's we'll all right. Your interviews thanks a lot. Ben Reynolds, uh, thanks again to him for coming on again. Um, but we might as well move on now to stuff that's been happening over the weekend and the last week. We've got news, finally, of the Super League realignment, which has been going on for God knows how long now. I've lost track. But there finally seems to be a bit of traction uh, with that. Um, strangely, they're creating a new body which will exist alongside the Super League and RFL. How that works, who knows. But it seems to be a step in the right direction anyway. Um, and they've also got th- this commercial partner that they were talking about before. They've got IMG, um, which is a big name. Um, they do all the UFC stuff. So that can only be positive. Unsure of what that will look like, but we all know about Super League's branding and whatnot and the the marketing in rugby league is not what it should be so for for them to be on board then perhaps that's how we're going to solve solve that issue but for me it's only good news um and in into the fixtures in super league one of the one of the main ones to lose they just lost eight against uh, wigan it were 29 points to 28 
and they were leading for a lot of that second half to lose by two scores at some stages as well. But for me, the game management was off because they had several chances to go for a drop goal and they didn't take them. And then Wigan got level and then they took their chance and it was just sickening for Toulouse. But it's a step in the right direction. You know, the next game as well, this is a massive one. They've got Wakefield. They're also winless. They've they've got to win that one because the fixtures after that are just as tough as well. I think we're already seeing where teams might finish now because you've got Wakefield and Toulouse who are both winless. And Wakefield have had them down for relegation this year and and you can you can see why from some of their performances this year. You know, they've averaged just fourteen points a game. It's not really good enough to be honest. So that fixture is going to be vital and it, it's going to be a big indicator as to who's going to finish word. And we're only in like round five, so there's still a long way to go. But And Toulouse have obviously been bolstering the squad as well. That They've seemed to have made an impact as well. In the championship though, um, down at the bottom again, London and Workington still winless. Before the season, that they were my two who I thought might be going down. So no surprises to me. At the weekend though, London did come close against York. Uh, they they lost by about two points. So perhaps they're improving. And and on the other side, Workington, they were hammered by Sheffield. They've only just come up, of course. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard season for them. Might they might be going back down. The big surprise, though, for me in the championship is Halifax because they're only above the relegation zone. They've got one win and three losses. Uh, That came against London, so a team not the best in the championship. They've lost against Featherstone, Widnes and Batley. So, you know, they are good teams. So they've had a pretty hard fixture list. But if you look at Halifax's squad, they, they should be beating Widnes, I think, and Batley, you know. Because they got they got to the final stages of the playoffs last year, and they've signed on top of that, Corey Aston, Matty G, Lachlan Wormsley, Louis Dufresne. So they've got a they've got one of the top squads in the championship, but they bottom they down at the bottom near the relegation zone. It's a funny old game, isn't it? They have shown a bit of what they're capable of. Just at the weekend, they were beating Featherstone at half time, but of course Featherstone with the Knights, let's say, they eventually beat them 22-12. Uh, for Halifax, though, it ain't going to get any easier because they've got Lee next, so they might well still be down at the bottom again. And if any of the other teams win, they might, they might well be in the relegation zone, although perhaps they might not be with goal difference, not too sure about that. But I think Halifax will find the stride, it's just when, and if they do... If it is later on, is it going to be too hard to get back in the playoffs? Probably not. They're probably going to cement the place. But poor start so far. And League One's nearly coming back as well. Yesterday, Oldham played Keefley in a in a friendly fixture. Oldham won that one, 34-26. So that's a good win for them and a bit of a morale booster as well after that shock loss against Lock Lane where Oldham were beaten by an amateur team I think for the first time ever in their history 
and Keithley are the favourites to go up as well. They're not my favourites, but they were the bookies' favourites. A good win. In terms of who's going to win the, the League One this year, I don't think it's cut and dry because, you know, you can make a case for a lot of the teams. It's it's really competitive and more competitive than last year, I would say, because you've got rid of Barone, who were, for me, a step above everybody else. But, you know, you could make Swinton. Swinton have maintained their squad, pretty much. Rochdale Hornets, they've added some good quality players in. They've got Greg McNally in, they've got they've added in Connor Aspie and that's that's just two players off the top of my head right now. Uh Connor Aspie on loan from Salford of course. And then you've obviously got Oldham. They've just beat Keefley, Bucky's favourites, so they're in the mix. Keefley as well. And who can forget uh North Wales Crusaders as well because they had a fantastic season last year. They're having a brilliant cup run. They, they, they're against Sheffield now uh, in the next round. So that's going to be a good tie. And Hunslet as well. So there's loads of teams that you can make a case for. So looking forward to that returning. Um, first fixture back for League One is 27th of March. So in a couple of weeks. And also... Wheelchair Rugby League returned this weekend. Leeds Rhinos, the reigning champions, they got off to a good start. They won 70 points to 28 against North Wales. Other other results were Warrington beat Hull FC and Wigan beat London Roosters. If you've not heard of London Roosters before, that's because they're a newly formed team. So a new team in London expanding the game again. Wheelchair Rugby League clearly growing as a sport. Lots more coverage for it. We might be talking about a bit of wheelchair rugby league next week as well, so stay tuned for that if you're interested in wheelchair rugby league. And that's pretty much it for this week, so so join me again next time for another edition of Shoulder Charge. <laughs>